the screws loose, let them strip the bolts on them. Should have never sent them to pick up the work for them. Sprayed the park and had my shit inside the car. Marcus Smart Boy was shooting with a 36 on him. Said if he wasn't in the rush, they was all right. Greetings, Chudlings. Welcome to another episode of Chuddy's Corner. It is Thursday, December 28th. It is 11 o'clock p.m. here on the East Coast. And the Celtics just took us on an emotional thrill ride, uh, taking home the win against the lowly Detroit Pistons, 128-122. They certainly didn't make it easy on themselves or on us as fans. Um, But a win is a win. Uh, uh, We're here to break it all down with you. I am your host, Dugouts, with me as always, uh, Chuddy, King Chuddy, how you doing tonight? Doing well, nice, easy, relaxing win, zero stress, never a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say it was something all right, uh, but it ended up getting big games out of Tatum and Porzingis, Tatum at 31 points, seven uh, rebounds, or no, seven assists, no, seven rebounds, 10 assists, and five steals, pretty big mm-hmm. night for him, Porzingis 35 points and eight rebounds. Uh, that eighth rebound coming up real clutch if you're a part of the Chuddy Bar. We're going to get into that a little <laughs> bit later, too. Uh, but, yeah, it was definitely an enter- entertaining game, if none- nothing else. A game that uh, could have had a potential to be a real snoozer. It got pretty entertaining. Uh, before we get into the full breakdown, though, make sure if you're on Twitter, you're following the show page, at Chuddy's Corner. Make sure you're following myself, at Doug underscore outs. And make sure you're following Chud, at King Chuddy. Uh, and also, wherever you are listening to this podcast, make sure that you've subscribed to the podcast as well. Uh, hitting that subscribe button is a big help for us. And to make sure that you are the first person to find out uh, when a new episode drops. Uh, also, special shout out to our sponsor, Nick Pereno Real Estate, nickpereno.com. Uh, that's where we're hosting the uh, Chuddy Weekly uh, Power Rankings for the NBA um, and a whole bunch of other good real estate stuff. But thank you for our sponsor. He was actually at the game scouting out some corporate seats mm-hmm. for us. Um, so hof- hopefully that works out for us. Those are some pretty nice looking seats. Um, but yeah, so this game, like I said, uh, big nights out of Tatum and Porzingis. Derek White kind of turned things on in the second half. Uh, we'll get into a little, a little bit about his nights. It was a tale of two shoes for Derek White. I don't know, know if you noticed <laughs> he changed his shoes at halftime. Um, but I'll go ahead again. 128-122, Celtics win it in overtime. No Jalen Brown tonight. But what did you see uh, from the game tonight? What did you see that you liked? And what did you see that you not like? Because there was a lot in that first half to not like. So go ahead, <laughs> yeah. take it away, Chad. Obviously a very slow start. I mean, the Celtics, Pistons, as everybody knows, had come into this game. Losers, 27 straight games with a 2-28 and record on the season. Uh, Celtics are favored by 17.5 points. So obviously we're 15-0 and at home. They're on a 27-game losing streak. Like you said, people are expecting a snooze fest. They're expecting a blowout, but this is the NBA. That was certainly not the case. Uh, Celtics came out a little lackadaisical. I wouldn't say they came out <laughs> flat and sleepwalking. I would say the Pistons came out with uh, like Game 7 finals intensity, which, I mean, that's what you would want to see and what you would expect from a team that's lost 27 games in a row. They're trying not to set history, and they came out from the opening tip playing like their hair was on fire. I mean, they were clearly the aggressors. They were diving on the floor. They were flying in for loose balls. They were tapping out every single rebound. And again, they were playing like their lives depended on it. The Celtics weren't, which again is fairly understandable given the circumstances. And, um, you know, that hard fought play in the NBA, as much as the difference might be from the best team in the league to the worst team in the league, when like the level of intensity and effort is that different, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, we, yeah. we see it all the time. Like, you know, no team is that much better than any other team. If you're well, not Sc- trying... And Scott was saying it too during the broadcast. Like the Pistons roster, like isn't even that bad of like a roster. It's not. So that's what I was going to get into as well. There's a lot of things that I, people, again, I'm sure most of our listeners do not follow the Pistons on a regular basis. So there's a few things <laughs> I want to say first of all. One, Boyan Bogdanovich, absolute professional, one of their best players, has just come back recently in the month of December. Him coming back to the lineup coincided. His first game was the first game missed by Jalen Duran, their star young center. So those two have actually only both played together. This was their second game. They came back with the last Brooklyn game, which they lost at the very end, played a competitive game. This was only the second game that those two and Cade have played together. So that is a big deal for this team because they had zero floor spacing. And you can just tell the difference in spacing and shooting just that Bogey provides and the rebounding that Duran provides. So the combo of those two guys on the floor, again, they don't—they have good players. They don't have a ton of depth. So that in itself makes them a totally different team. Yeah. The other thing is Monty Williams, for whatever reason, he's done a dreadful job coaching this team. 
He was not playing Jaden Ivey, who, again, they drafted last year fourth overall. He's supposed to be a, a pseudo star. He's just recently finally starting to get minutes. I think anyone could watch him play tonight and realize, like, especially for a team that's not competitive, why you would not be playing this guy meaningful minutes yeah, is absolutely beyond. He's crazy. He's like, a, so, yeah. he's like a flash out there. Very good player. Um, I still, you know, starting Kevin Knox and playing him all those minutes over Osar Thompson still makes no sense to me. But that's beside the point. What, for whatever reason, the Pistons have really not put their best foot forward. So before we get into any breakdowns, I want to say, like, if this is the Pist- if the Pistons are fully healthy and have this roster and are playing like this, this losing streak is not going to go for on for a lot longer because they are not – the team we saw tonight is not a team that is, like, a 28 straight game no. losing streak team. That's a solid team. And Kate obviously Cunningham, that helps us to say that, but I think oh, th- you'd be I, saying I, this either way. Exactly. People are going to roll their eyes, but they almost won their last two games. They've looked a lot better lately. Cade Cunningham, as I mentioned in the keys of the game, is playing by far the best basketball of his career. It seems like in the last month or so, and it, again, it really coincides with Bogdanovich getting back because they had no floor spacing at all. And to be a young point guard trying to create everything with no floor spacers who can shoot the ball, that's a tough task. Now he has a giant rim presence down low, a roll threat, a guy you can he can play down low with, and an absolute sharpshooter from the outside, and a veteran in Bogdanovich, who's a, who's a hell of a player. So it's like, they now just have real NBA talent around him, mm-hmm. and you can see the difference in Cade. I mean, if you watch Cade the last few games, he looks like a buttock star. So again, for it's, it's it probably seems silly to say about a team that's now set the record for the most, they're tied the record for the most consecutive <laughs> losses ever, but they actually do seem like there's some positive signs of life and that they're trending in the right direction. And again, the roster is littered with talent. You just look up and down the roster, Cade Cunningham, number one overall pick. James Wiseman, I know he sucks, but he was a number two overall pick. Marvin Bagley, <laughs> I know he sucks, but he was a number two overall pick. Jaden Ivey, as I just mentioned, number four overall pick. Osar Thompson, number five overall pick. Uh, Kevin Knox, what, number eight overall pick. Jalen Duran, 13th overall pick. I feel like I'm even forgetting someone else. But the point is, the basically entire team is top ten picks, lottery picks, Burks. and that's not even... Burks played a lot of minutes uh, for them. Well, yeah, he's Burks is a vet, too. I don't know. He's another guy. I'm not sure why he's ever really getting minutes over Ivy. I'd even like to see a little more Marcus Sass or whatever. Like I said, Monty Williams has been an absolute disaster of a higher coaching this team. But the point is, the talent is there on the roster. I think that was part of the biggest frustration when the team's losing so many games. And Cade had that speech. He kind of got made fun of in that press conference where he's like, we're not a 2-26 and team. And everyone's like, yeah, you are. But I, but I kind of get what he's saying. Like, <laughs> You look at the other teams that they're being compared to historically, that Bobcats team, yeah. that, that Sixers process team. This team is way better. And this team actually has the pieces there that, like, with this roster and a few changes, I think could become good. I believe in Cade now. I believe in Jalen Duran. I believe in Ivy. I believe in Osar Thompson. We didn't see a lot of him tonight. But those four core young players are good. They're obviously going to get more good draft picks. The point is, they're not nearly as bad as their record, especially when they're all healthy and Monty is actually playing the right guys. And again, they're this motivated. When you have a 28-game losing streak, like you're going to approach every game like it's Game 7 of the Finals. You could tell from the first minute they were locked in. They were playing so well, so intense. I mean, you look at the little the hustle stats, the offensive rebounds, the things like that. They're dominating. Like These guys want to win. They care. They're not some they checked out. They rebounds. Exactly. It's not some checked out Bobcats team or, like I said, the process Sixers, the post-LeBron Cavs. This is a far cry from that. So I know Celtics fans or Celtics detractors are probably rolling their eyes. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But no, like that, what we just saw was a solid NBA basketball team that put forward their best effort and played really well and gave the Celtics arguably like one of their best challenges of the season, arguably the most adversity we've had at home. Yeah, definitely, um, yeah. At least, and I mean, again. There was the biggest deficit we faced all year. We exactly, we were down by, 21 in the first yeah. half at home. We, now, granted, the Celtics, were, and rightfully so, the Celtics were playing sloppily. We had 10 turnovers in the first half and a lot of just careless turnovers. We were not boxing out. We were allowing offensive rebounds left and right and a ton of second chance points where it seems like whoever was down low was just overhelping. It was Al, it was Porzingis, it was Cato. There was way too much of that. It felt like they were du- just doubling on everything or, or overhelping yeah. and guys well, were getting left wide Overhelping open. to try to block a shot and it would lead to Durin or Wiseman at times just with an easy putback dunk. Things like that that we just need to clean up. And then, you know, to to make matters worse, we're shooting four of 24 from threes in the first half. So it's like when it rains, of course, we're doing, we're not, we're turning the ball over left and right. We're like high turnovers, terrible shooting, not boxing out. So it's like the combo of all the things we can do poorly, we were doing. Mm-hmm. And, but again, give credit to the Pistons. They're busting their ass and they were shooting the hell out of the ball and playing well. And I mean, Cade, Cade was awesome in that first half. We saw it. We started with Derek White on him. 
he was torching white early. He uh, he made a switch, put Drew on him. Yeah, Derek Bad White was sleepwalking in that first. Tough half. Honestly, I mean, you mentioned the shoes. I don't know if it was the shoes, the court, what, but it seemed like he was just slipping left and right. Scal was like, he's making uncharacteristic plays. I don't know if it was so much mistakes. It seemed like he just kept slipping. Like, it honestly, to me, it looked like he just, so... he's just like checked out. It looked like he just wasn't even there. Like something else Maybe. was on his mind. It was bizarre. It, <laughs> Perhaps. It, yeah, I don't. Also, I mean, I don't want to speculate. That. Head, I guess. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, it just they just seemed like a whole lot of just like I don't know. Like he just wasn't awake. Like he didn't even realize yeah. the game started. Um, some of that for him, sure. Some of that for Holiday too, especially on offense in the first half. There's several. The shot selection by Holiday was gross, and then a few turnovers where it just was like, "What are we doing?" Um, a little bit of sleepwalking. I thought Tatum for the most part was good. The three-point shot, again, is just gone. But every other aspect of the game seemed like he was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, just a gross overall first half. We're down as much as 21. Went into the half, down 19, only scored 43 points. So, again, for the, for this team, the way, like, we just saw us play, where it seemed like we were scoring almost 40 points a quarter, to only score 43 points in, and a half at home against the Pistons, is seemingly makes no sense. But, again, I mean, this is the NBA. It's a long season. Every game's kind of its own thing. So, shit happens i don't i don't like it i think it's oversimplifying it and creating a narrative to just be like oh trap game like we weren't trying blah 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 like i give more credit to the pistons i think they're as locked in right now because of their losing streak as any team we're gonna play in the nba like no team we're gonna play in a random regular season game is probably gonna come out from the tip that motivated that intense and you can see i, I, I they're, agree they're with that but i think that if we if we weren't i think that it, we were also we can playing play we can definitely and I think that that feeds into them feeling it like good about everything. No. I think if if we can, if they take them out and played the same way they did, but we 100%. came out and played our best ball, I think they would have. It, it wouldn't have gone. And uh, it, it sounds no. obvious to say, but it's like no, I no, think no. we would have kind of. We gave them way too much life in that first half. Exactly, exactly, and that's the score. Them being up twenty points, whatever, and us scoring forty three is crazy. But it wasn't just all being bad. Like a lot of the credit goes. It's it's happening. Yeah. I think it's it was an even mix. Anyway, second half. Brand new game. Third yeah. quarter. Good lord, that third quarter. I don't know what happened at halftime, but uh, you won't I see much. I think Joe threatened to put someone in a jujitsu yeah. hold or some shit. You won't see a much better quarter and more dominant quarter in the NBA. Um, yeah. And that was where we saw the difference in talent. And then we matched their intensity, if not raised it. We came out, and it was like, by God. There were no three-pointers. It was the first possession and a half. Got into Tatum in the post, got a mismatch, back down, hard spin, layup, and then absolutely locked in, picking up right at half court with Holiday on Cunningham. And it was just like, you could immediately tell, like, okay, this is a different game right now. Yeah. But it was, again, like, they were playing, like, playoff intensity. We had to match that. We said, okay, we're going to do it. We did it and absolutely dominated that quarter. Again, threes weren't falling. We just kept going inside, inside, inside. It was Tatum, bully ball. Porzingis going to the block, bully ball, just playing mm-hmm. big. Derek White absolutely coming alive. It was mainly those three, but it was Holiday completely shutting down Cunningham. I mean, yeah. not letting him get anything going. Meeting um, him right at half again. court, I think that was the best. And that's what, one of the things Scout was saying, that they just yeah. can't let him just get down court feeling comfortable. So For sure. I was glad, but, glad I mean, to see him right in his jock from the get-go. Smothering defense, brilliant offense, pushing the pace. I mean, like I said, almost as dominant a court as you see. You won't see a 20-point lead disappear that quickly. We were within. We went from down 19 at half to within Tied. one point. Well, but within one point with uh, like four and a half minutes left. So oh, like yeah. Seven minutes, we walked down a 20-point lead like like that. Um, it was crazy. And again, it was just our focus. Uh, we were shooting like 12 of 16. We didn't have a single turnover until the last minute of that quarter. Uh, again, 10 turnovers in the first half, only two in the whole second half, one in yep. one in, and overtime. Finished with 12 after 10 at halftime. So obviously just like complete change in our focus, in our execution, um, completely locked in. Like you said, Derek White rough first half incredible second half back to his usual self um everyone really i mean al was great porzingis amazing in that second half and was just absolutely dominant in the whole second half tatum i thought he played mvp like and both ends of the court was really doing it all didn't have the three falling and just decided he was going to do everything else you mentioned 10 assists seven rebounds and still at over 30 points shooting two of 11 on threes yeah. just shows he was committed to going to the hoop and we were just finding mismatches because we had the size advantages um, and it was like every time Porzingis did not have Duran on him, we got him the ball around oh, that free throw line, and he just turned around was shooting over anyone. Who was, was making it? Sure I got him on that one where it's like it was like the, the, yeah. there might as well not have been a defender there. The way yeah. I saw like a slow mo like replay of, of it, and it, it honestly was just like the funniest thing. Like 
like the guy. It's like sometimes you just realize, like, oh shit, wait, I'm like a foot tall in this guy. Like, let me just go ahead. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that was, like I said, almost as dominant a quarter. It really at times felt like it was like men against boys out there. Like it was almost the point where I was like, I almost feel bad for Detroit. So it was like, if we're playing this hard against the team, like there's just nothing they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so unbelievable third quarter again to turn the game around from losing by over 20 points to tied at the end of the quarter was just absolutely absurd. I mean, yeah. that's again, people are going to, you know, scoff and say, oh, it's the Pistons, blah, blah, blah. But no, that was playing against a really good team that was absolutely busting their ass and we just yeah fucking spotted them 20 points and then just, just bought it right absolutely back absolutely dominant quarter on both ends 35 so to 16 board, in that quarter yeah you, you, like i said you're not going to play much a much better two-way quarter than that and for the, for what it's worth really not much of it with like hitting threes it wasn't we've seen those quarters where we're just splashing threes non-stop it yeah. wasn't really that it was more like we're going to bully you. We're going to get to the rim over and over again. It was like, seemed like yeah. everything was in the paint, in the paint, in the paint, and then just stifling defense. Um, and just, again, doing everything right. Fourth quarter started, Tatum rest. Kind of an odd lineup we started with in the fourth. I don't want to say we, like, let our foot off the gas a little bit, but I think I think probably a little bit of us thought, okay, there goes that lead. They're going to roll over. Like, yeah. you know, we, we the job is done now. We they can relax. Not roll over. No, fact. not at all. And, and again, credit to the Pistons. They kept friggin' fighting. Uh, they fought their asses off in that fourth quarter. Bogdanovich was a monster. Ivy, got to be one of the best games of his career. Cade, despite the way we were guarding him, kept fighting, kept making plays. All of those guys. Duran, monster down low. Again, they stayed in that game with second chance points offensive rebounds they're absolutely crashing the amount of times they flew in there and just tipped balls back out to keep keep possessions alive I like and get themselves one, extra shots at one point where they had an offensive <clears throat> rebound on every possession for like five or it six did. possessions straight it did it was and insane. for most of that game they we finished were playing, with 19 of offensive rebounds that's yeah and i think crazy. over 30 second chance points i believe too which is just yeah, i mean that was second joint chance points that and that's what kept us from running away with it in the fourth honestly it was them just mm-hmm. keeping it alive and the even crazier part is for most of the game and most of that fourth quarter we were playing big with Al and Chris Tapps in there. Like it's not like we went small or anything. We had two basically centers in the game and they were still it's just like yeah. you could see their effort and athleticism and again that's a credit to them and you know anyone these guys are, are NBA players that we I just mentioned they're all mostly top ten picks. They've got a lot of pride. Nobody wants to lose twenty eight games in a row. They're out there busting their asses. Um they're clearly overmatched but they didn't quit so much credit to them for fighting, but um, and they Celtics... probably didn't feel that overmatched at that point just because of what they had done in the first. No. You know, all they they the for first sure. quarter was thirty twenty seven, second quarter thirty six twenty. There's no reason that they could have said we just need to have one more quarter like that and we win this game. And they so, did. And, and that opening did. lineup, like you said in the fourth, was a bit bizarre. Yeah, well, I mean, Tatum. But it's hard without, yeah, without Tatum. Tatum without Jaylen, rest. We so. don't have Jalen. Yeah, Derek's resting, so I mean, that's going to happen. And rough game for the bench again. Hauser continues to kind of slump. It seems like he's kind of rushing it almost with his shots. Like he's the second he gets a little bit of space, he's just so yeah rushing his shot. Like almost he like hit he has that to first one, that rainbow he, one, and I thought he was back, but eh. yeah, no, no. Um, Pritchard. I didn't had some think moments, that Cato was that. There. I thought Cato was making a lot of stupid mistakes out there today yeah, too. Yeah, Cato looked again like he was just playing a little too fast. Was in a little bit over his head. The speed of the game was too much for him, kind of. So I mean, tough game again. I love at one point he was calling for like the green light special. It's like Cato, like yeah, well, he, that was a tough call. But uh, the refs were letting them play a lot too. The game became super physical down the mm-hmm. stretch. Uh, they were letting them play, which I liked. Made it fun again. This is a regular season game. It's it's nice to see us get a little adversity. I would have been pretty pissed if we lost, but hey, huh. I, I like us getting tested and having to rise to the challenge and seeing that we can, you know, get that intense, get that physical and go win a game with our, you know, kind of bullying. Uh, it's good to be able to bully some teams. We've gotten bullied a lot over the years, um, especially in our losses. So it's good for us to kind of be the bully for a change. It was nice. But again, Several times, especially in that fourth quarter, it felt like we had finally, like, okay, we got them. We got up 106, 100. It felt like we had it. I became right. That was like under two minutes left. It seemed like we had kind of finally shut the door after a white three. It was, we were up right six. Down. We were up six. And then yeah. Scal, Scal started talking about the streak. He's like, oh, well, looks like the streak. And it was like two minutes <laughs> left. I was like, what the fuck are you doing, Scal? Yeah. He said like two or three different things about the streak, like continuing. And it was like, we're up six with two minutes left. What the fuck is he doing? Yeah. I couldn't and then believe I, it. Ivy came right down, hit a tough and one, and then um, they got Tatum at a very uncharacteristic kind of sloppy turnover, and then they came right back down and hit another three. And it was like, just like that, game aside. And again, credit to them. What Teams with 20, like I said, the shitty teams that the business are being mentioned with don't 
get hit with that kind of adversity and come back and tie the game. So, like, all the credit in the world to them. Game's tied. We get a stop. There's, uh, what, 24 seconds left. The Celtics call timeout. This is a play that could easily get lost in the mix, but I absolutely love what the Celtics did there. I thought that was one of their best late-game situations. We ran a nice horns action with Whitehead the ball. Tatum and Porzingis with uh, setting kind of the elevator door screen on either side, letting White pick. He went to the Porzingis screen. Tatum goes right to the free throw line, feeds Tatum. Everybody clears out, spaces the floor. He's got four shooters out wide, and Tatum has Cade on him one-on-one. Makes a quick, decisive spin move, rolls to the hoop, goes for that lefty lay-in. Um, <laughs> Cade, who had already just blocked him, almost got him again. It was a goaltending. But um, great defense by Cade, even though it was goaltending. But that's the kind of possessions we want to see at the end of the game. Instead of dribbling and settling for a pull-up jumper, hard mm. spin move, go right to the rim. Even if it was a clean block, I'll live with that. Like, that's what we want to see. Clear the lane, and Tatum takes a hard, strong move to the basket. I will yeah. live with that every time. So that's just a little side note. Like I said, play that will probably get lost in the shuffle. But that's, I think that's what everyone's looking for from the Celtics in these crunch time situations. So good to see them get some some experience in there and run a play that I really liked. So, again, up to then with eight seconds left or, no, four seconds, whatever it was. Um, and then... Celtics force a tough shot. They miss. And of course, offensive rebound bogey tips it right back in to tie the game, sends it to overtime. Tatum misses a, a mid-range shot at the buzzer. with Not a lot of time left. I thought, you know, whatever. One dribble pull up. Wasn't much you could do there. Game goes to overtime. Um, of course, hard fought overtime. And again, just Celtics uh, pulling I away. I think like we kind of pulled it away. I don't think the overtime was as... Oh, no, we did pull away, but it was hard fought. And um, it was a lot of Porzingis. It was a lot of Derek White. It wasn't really Tatum scoring. It was kind of him doing everything else. Had a couple of assists, a couple of rebounds. Awesome yeah. defense. You mentioned the five steals for Tatum. He just seemed like he was everywhere. It was. It felt like it was like one of those Tatum moments where he's like, I'm the best player. I am not letting us lose this game. Um, so, you know, some of those other guys will get the credit and maybe the highlights. Porzingis had the, the dunk to kind of finish it. White had the big three. But it really felt like it was Tatum kind of leaving his mark on the game and on both ends of the court, which you love to see from your superstar. And then uh, the other guys stepped it up, closed it out, and. Uh, narrowly able to escape with with a victory just counts as one more win in the stat sheet but like i said about as much adversity as you'll face and um at the end of the day hey we got away with it and like i said people can scoff at all oh, the celtics barely beat the the lowly pistons but watch the pistons are going to win a game very soon this i don't think the streak is going to go on for much longer i wouldn't be surprised if they win their next game against the raptors if they keep playing like this you heard it here first they are on the verge of uh I'm not saying they're going to turn around and make the playoffs, but like they are actually, I think, starting to trend in the right direction. Um, and I think games like these are a huge building block for the Pistons, even even in a losing effort. I thought that was a great, great game for the Pistons, great game to build on. And also, again, a great game for the Celtics where, you know, you're that top team. It's easy to have these letdowns and seem like we were going to, but to come out there and uh, pull it off, I mean, that's that's what championship teams do. You're missing one of your star players. You're not playing your best. You get down by a ton of points. You nut up. You come back and you bully them and uh, eke out the win. Any way you got to do it, you know? And that's, again, we keep saying that's the best thing about this team. They can do it in different ways. The threes were not falling at all tonight. We became a bully team. We said we're going to go in the pace, uh, go in the paint, win the game that way, and we did it. So, um, you know, I think it would be easy to be negative about this game, but I'm actually feeling pretty positive with the way things ended up. So just to talk about the Pacers, uh, or I'm sorry, the Pistons, uh, so they got the Raptors next, then they have the Rockets, the Jazz, the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Kings, the Spurs, then the Rockets They will again. win one of their next three games. That is a Chuddy's Corner Ooh, guarantee. Ooh, Chuddy's Corner guarantee. Chuddy's Corner guarantee. Oh, I like that. I'm going to mark that. I'm going to mark the time frame on that. We're going to have to clip that one. Uh, Chuddy guarantee. So what did you say? You, Raptors. The, the Raptors, Rockets, Jazz. They do They'll also win one of those, hundred percent. They do have uh I said the Spurs and they also um, Oh, that Spurs is after the Jazz. No, no, no. That that's a few games after. They have the Jazz, yeah. Warriors, Nuggets, Kings, Spurs, Rockets again, then they have the Wizards. No, they there's will there's gonna be a win sprinkled in there somewhere. I could see three wins by the end of that. Ooh. By the end of June. No. Well, yeah. Yeah, they got Like because... I said, now that they have their actual team out there, they're not nearly that bad. Yeah. We saw it tonight. That's a solid team. I, yeah, I could see it like once they win one, kind of like things sort of settling down. Because I agree. I, and I, I admit, I hadn't really watched a lot of the, the Pistons. And if my, my really only view of them is how they played us tonight, which was obviously playing us really well. But just like looking at what their roster was, it does just seem like 
Um, they definitely don't aren't like the lowly teams that like they're compared to. No. I'd say even like the like I saw like uh, Kuzma was like said tweeted something like during the game like when it was like a screenshot of the Celtics losing. He's like, no one wants to be that team. It's like, dude, you play the Wizards. Like you guys like. <laughs> Pretty much, like if it wasn't for this team, you guys would be the laughing stock. I mean, you don't want to be on the, quite the yeah. losing streak, but um, so I would yeah. be surprised if by the end of that Wizards game, Wizards Pistons, if the Pistons win and are tied with the Wizards or have a better record than them. Yeah, that well, yeah, that's what I was saying too. I just I feel like there's there's teams right now I think in the league that might be that have a worse roster but just don't have the record to, to go with it. So yeah, uh, but again. That's just based on I just watched them play today where they looked like a borderline yeah. playoff team the way they're playing. No, and today. the Pistons have young, good talent. If they play Cade, Bogey, Durin, Ivy, and All Star Thompson, big minutes. And again, I know All Star didn't play a lot tonight. He's still no, he only wrong. played like eleven minutes, I think. Right, which is weird with some of the other guys they're playing. But again, it's just having Cade, Ivy, Bogey, Durin are four good players who just have not played big minutes together this year at all. Yeah, if those guys keep that playing guy Durin is like freakish. He's, he's like, beast. yeah, he's, he's a, a he's an absolute beast. Absolute beast. If those four guys play consistent minutes together, they're going to start winning games. Okay, I like. Well, they're going to win more of the next three games per they Chetty. Are. They are. Um, yeah, Quite possibly more than one. Um, yeah, just a couple of takeaways I had from it. Uh, we, we mentioned it a little bit earlier too. Um, Porzingis just like. That guy in the post is just beast mode. I, we in the need to, half. I think, run more of like that kind of offense. I don't think that we do that. We go to that nearly enough, especially at times when the three isn't falling. I think that that like will eventually lead to um, good looks from three and stuff like that. But there's just so oh, many wait. times where if he's got a sh- smaller guy on him, just go to him right away. Um, it, it, it's, it's really today automatic. was just, he was he was it's so automatic. good today. Obviously, he's the high scorer, thirty five points, um, eight rebounds, a massive eighth rebound. Um, <laughs> But Super efficient. He, he was, yeah. He's he's just a lot of fun to watch. And again, I was someone at the time that was not sure about Porzingis, but uh, the more I've well, like at the time of the trade, I mean. Um, but the more I watch, the more it's like. And, and, and Tatum kind of said this after a game too. He said he just kind of brings something that 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 the team they've just hasn't had. had. They've never had that. So as much yep. as we all like love Mark, Marcus Smart, love and trust Marcus Smart, I do think that um, it's easier to maybe replicate a lot of the stuff that Marcus does versus to replicate what Porzingis can do. So it, it does. I, mean, I just think they're totally different, but well, no, I, I mean, obviously, obviously they're, they're completely different players. I'm just saying like, there's not, there's not a lot of people that can do what Porzingis does. And no. I think that, you know, Marcus smart, you can at least come. I think that drew holidays filled in that role pretty well. And I think Derek White's really stepped it up defensively and stuff like that on those hustle oh, plays. Too. I mean, he's had two steals in like five or six straight games. So, yeah. um, you Derek's know, been great. So Porzingis I, tonight, as to what you said, ten of twelve inside the arc. It just seemed like when they got it, to, when they posted him up, it was automatic, mm-hmm. automatic points. And he has such good touch in there that turnaround. He can go off the glass. He can go. The, I mean, if he gets the ball at the free throw line or in, and he doesn't have a true center on him, it, it's like an automatic basket every time. Yeah, um, yeah. And no. it seemed like they realized again in the second half. You could tell immediately after halftime is a clear commitment. The threes aren't falling. Get the ball inside to Porzingis and Tatum and play through them, and it was yeah. change the game. That kind of leads to my other my other takeaway. Like when Tatum is playing like kind of aggressive, like he was today tonight in the second half. At least I think the first half was a little bit more passive. Um, mm-hmm. When he plays aggressive like that again, we we talked about this a little bit too, where it's like it's almost like Jalen's always like kind of the downhill like attacking player, but Tatum can do that. So I just I want to see him do that a lot more often. Yeah. Um, I think he he got away he got away from the three thankfully because it wasn't falling really at all for him. It, I feel no. like it hasn't really been all that much lately. Every now and then, every, as soon as I start to say it's not falling, <laughs> he'll hit he'll hit like a crazy one. And I'll be like, oh, like yeah. an idiot. But well, that one I, game. I, I think generally what... speaking, like it, it, he, I think what happens a lot of times is he goes in, he gets contact, and doesn't get a call, and he just kind of goes away from it. I'd rather him just keep going because I think one, the calls will eventually it. the calls are eventually going to come. Um, but I just think the way he plays and like the, he had a couple plays like that. I think he had the one where he went right at I think it was Durant who went at where he kind of, he kind of shoved off a little with his arm. But the fact that he's able to do that is just kind of a testament to his strength that he's sort of well, built up on. And again, they were letting him play so much, and it's one of those things where like because there was the play. I think there was three minutes left, and Bogey kind of threw Tatum down. Definitely should have been a foul, but they didn't call it. Maz called a foul uh, timeout, which was a good timeout, and it seemed like Tatum was going to get teed up because he was yeah. pissed. And he yeah. was right. And White was kind of pushing him away. And it's one of those things where I'm going to be like, I get, Jason, like, I get why you're mad and you're right. But you have to think, if they're letting you 
if they're letting that go, think of how physical you can be because you can absolutely dominate these guys. Like, yeah. Bogey can't match your strength, and that's the thing he needs to notice. If they're letting that go, go inside and be a bully, and he does that, mm-hmm. and he's unstoppable. Yeah, and he had that one that was like an and one that was just like a circus-type shot. Like, I couldn't believe that one. Once that went in, I knew that he was, he was cooking <laughs> with some serious yeah. gas, but... Absolutely. Um, again, I just want to see him play like that more often because, like, this was kind of a game too where, um, like, we've been they've been saying all all kind of year, and you know, Tatum's caught a little bit of like flack from certain like, um, the box score boys and shit like that about like his numbers, and it's just kind of like, but they've been saying like he's playing within like the role of the team. But I thought tonight, especially when they went down by twenty, this is a perfect night where it's like, dude, just go out there and be a fucking beast, and like the the rest yeah. of the, the rest of the offense will work around you because you're so skilled. So I think, obviously, Porzingis had a big hand in that too, but I think that the two of them, um, it, it was one of those games where it's like, like we need you to go out and be like a top five player in the league and put up the numbers to back that up. Right. I think on, on any given night, we don't necessarily need that. But tonight, especially with the hole we dug ourselves in, it was just like, go out there and be a fucking beast. And that that's what we need from you and everything else will work itself out. And, we, and, and I think it did. I think it, I think it made it easier for Porzingis too. The fact that he was going, that he was playing so aggressively. So definitely. And we saw it at the end, uh, down the stretch of that Lakers game too. And it's like Tatum, I think is better when he plays almost more like a power forward than a point guard. Let Derek White play point guard to get Porzingis and Tatum down low. And it's just, again, so many different ways to beat teams. We've seen, we saw those Clippers and Kings game when the threes are falling and it's like, then there's just nothing team. If the threes is falling like that, we're scoring 140 points a game. There's nothing any team can do. Yeah. But on these games where the threes not falling and we can turn to that kind of play and win a game like that, that to me is where it's different than in years past. Because in years, there's always years past. We've always seen it. When we lose this on, game in the in the previous exactly. years. 100%. Years past when the threes are on, we're unbeatable. We didn't have another answer. Now we can go down low and play bully ball with Porzingis and Tatum mm-hmm. as a counter when the threes aren't falling and dominate yeah. a quarter like you said, 36 to 15. In a quarter where 16, we're not even hitting yeah. threes or whatever, but like that, oh yeah, 35 16. But still, to win a quarter like that where it's not the three point parade, that's where it's the league, the rest of the league has to be like, damn, if they can, if they can beat us this way and that way. Yeah. And I think playing you, like you, you just do? said, where you have, um, where he's kind of playing like a power forward, and then you still sort of have Jalen playing kind of that, that right. sort of more like wing. Um, almost guard kind of ag- like aggressive yeah. sometimes. Tatum balling can almost be not, the but... attacker playing on the weak side who's who's kind of catching the ball and either is open for shots or can attack closeouts or uh, mm-hmm. go at the defense when they're rotating. Like, again, there's just – when we've got all our guys out there and everyone's playing the right way, we keep saying it over and over again, but if we don't settle, you can't stop us. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was great. Um, what else? Uh I didn't really have a whole lot else. I mean, uh, oh, uh, no Cornette at all. Uh, Joe said Was before, he active? He was available? He was available, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, uh, But Joe, Joe had said, so, uh, I'm, I'm almost positive he was available, yeah. No, I think you're right. I think they did say Brown Joe had said, too, that he was still going right. to play, that he was still like the third big man, but then he didn't play. And again, and and I thought Kata? that there was points when Kata huh. didn't really look that great out there. So nine minutes for yeah. Kata, though. So that's not even really the whole 19. lot of minutes for Oh, 19. I'm sorry. I was... I had to slide myself over here. I thought I thought nine nineteen a little bit low. I was uh scrolled over. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it, again, I hate to see that Tatum forty three minutes, Holiday forty four minutes, White thirty seven, Porzingis thirty five, Al thirty seven. Ton of minutes, but hey, we just had two nights. I mean, off. we had to. game went to overtime. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it happens, and that's where people shouldn't just look and be like, "Oh, you had to exert that much energy against the Pistons." Like. <laughs> We have to win a game against a team that was playing really well. Like, it is what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. There will be plenty of games against teams with much better records where we absolutely smoke them and get to rest a lot. So, that is what it, it is. But, nice yeah, no, you're them, right. But... It would have, but, again, we're going to smoke other – we smoked the Kings, who are yeah, fourth are in the better. West, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the back-to-back, and got to rest the whole fourth quarter. So, this, it's is gonna true. Be, this is all going to even out. It's a long regular season. But no, you're right. That is a very interesting takeaway that Kata got the bench uh, big man minutes and Cornette did not get interference. Maybe he's not back to 100% and they want to give him time to ramp up, get back into playing speed. And the way this game was I'm going, sure he'll they play just. play some tomorrow without. Well, yeah. And it was, out. again, an intense, fast paced physical game. Maybe if we were up by 20, we would have seen, you know, Cornette play the whole fourth quarter. Also, or something. I don't know. Get Cornette, him back against, up to speed. Cornette against Durin, I think well, he that's what just I mean. fucking match him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he, like you said, even Kata, I. It was looked a little a little lost and overmatched out there, and th- I mean that's what led to Al playing thirty seven minutes. Porzingis playing thirty five minutes, so mm-hmm. it was obviously mostly those guys, and and we still largely got do- absolutely dominated on the glass. So um, 
as well as those guys played. The Pistons still kind of outplayed us on that end, but that will definitely be something interesting to monitor now that Cornette is healthy, um, mm-hmm. if, if Kata has overtaken him or not. So, good point. Um, yeah, uh, well, one other big story, uh, the Chuddy Bar Parlay. <laughs> That's why, they, that's why they took it to overtime, I think, because they just knew that they, they had to get the Chuddy Bar in. Um, so I had, yeah. what did I have? I had Porzingis, seven and a half rebounds. Derek White. He, he got eight. He got eight. <laughs> Derek White, one and a, over one and a half steals. And the team total. And he had two, Of right? 126. Yeah, yeah. Of 126.5. So. Yeah. So the Porzingis, all, the Porzingis rebound, too, on the play right before he actually got the eighth rebound. Um, they... I forget who it was, but someone on the Pistons like missed the shot, and the ball was going right towards um, Porzingis, and they called like a they called like a off foul, ball, yeah. like a foul on the rebound. So that <laughs> the eighth rebound, the what of the eighth rebound got gets taken away. They go to the free throw line, and he misses the free throw. And I think that's what Porzingis got the eighth rebound on. I think on a free throw, wow. like immediately following that. So I was like, okay, but then at that point, it was still uh, uh, you know it was just kind of like all right, well, they're still a pretty long way away from 127 points, but then that. As things went in overtime, uh, were things started to pick up. 20 points in overtime. Yeah, so things started to pick up. Uh, it was looking pretty good. And then um, Drew, it was, they had 125 points. 125, yeah, they had 125 points. Drew Holiday got fouled. Um, not Probably not the first <sighs> person I'd want for the free throws. I think he's not a bad free throw shooter, he's, but I just. He's good. They're but, all, all those but, guys are good free throws. But he missed one of he them. He missed one, yeah. So it got to 126. And then I was a little bit nervous that they weren't going to continue to foul, but then I think Kane came up (laughs) and hit that three. So I think once he hit that three, it was kind of like, okay, well, they'll fight, I guess. And they they fouled Derek White. And Derek White hit the two free throws to get us to 128. (laughs) But that was just an absolute sweat. Um, And I did did mention the last podcast, I was going to go a little bit higher than my normal um, units, which, again, isn't like I'm not like a crazy maniac or anything. But I will (laughs) say that I did recoup uh, most of the losses of the season so far off tonight. So... We're definitely. I'd have to I'd have to crunch the numbers. I don't think we're back to zero, but uh, we're close to it. We're heading towards. I might go maybe go a little uh, another nuclear <laughs> missile tomorrow. Try to get us right going into twenty twenty four. But yeah, no, that was by far the most exciting Chuddy's Chuddy Bar parlay to hit. So anyone that was riding along with it, um, shout out to you. Uh, yeah. en- enjoy the money. Don't spend it all in one place. <laughs> um, but arguably yeah, no. one of the most exciting all around games of the season, and the Chuddy Bar just ties right into it with. All in the... three legs narrowly hitting just in, with overtime being very yeah. necessary. Oh, it was beautiful. It was a thing of beauty. So cooking up something good for our for everyone tomorrow. But, yeah, that, that felt real good. Um, Absolutely. You got uh, anything else, uh, thoughts just from this game? or <laughs> The only other thing, really, we, keep, we always love to kind of bring up the announcers a little bit. I just thought it was a really weird, rough game for Scal. He had a few moments where I was just kind of like, what the hell is he talking about? Um Specifically, Gorman kind of set him up and was like, what's the deal with Wiseman? And he's like, yeah, he just didn't fit into the Warriors system. It's like, okay, that is drastically understating how much of a boss Wiseman is. Like, <laughs> simplifying it to say that he just didn't fit in their system is just, <laughs> he just sucks. Like, that's just so could, true. Yeah, it might just be that. massive bust. Um, and for him to just casually brush it off, like, yeah, he just didn't fit their system. Like, no, that is not at he all. just sucked. Like, that like sure that wasn't the best environment for him to go into but he's shown no signs of being even like a good nba role player and they used the number two pick on him over Lamelo ball was the next pick in the draft and Halliburton went a little bit later so to again just that was like a quick throwaway comment that had me like doing an absolute triple take like wait a minute what um so that was rough then i thought the Cade, the review of the play at the end with the goaltending scowl was so on the fence and i was like the the angle clearly like it was close but well they also were the showing back. the worst possible angles it was like i kept, kept saying to like, show the fucking dunking cam dunking cam will right. solve this all but again i thought there were several angles where it was just all that matters if it hits the glass it's goaltending it clearly hit the glass and scowl can be oh, i don't know it's like no, it hit the glass. It's goaltending. Like there's nothing else to discuss. So uh, there was those two. There's a couple others. I don't. Nothing. Those were the two that stood out to me. But I just thought it was yeah. weird. Scout, not his best uh, moment. I don't know if he was. You know. Stupid. I already mentioned it too. He almost blew the game. Holiday with the comment. Over. <laughs> yeah. With the fucking comments about uh, the yeah, streak. saying that moving yeah. on to the, right, moving on before the game was over. So just, <laughs> uh, 
I've been a big uh, Scal defender and supporter. I think he's gotten a lot better, but I thought he had a weird game tonight. Not his, not his best. So I hope he can bounce back. Uh, he must be missing Drew. Shout out Drew yeah, Carter. That's maybe that was big the deal. <laughs> I don't know if he's just not bringing his A game uh, now that Gorman's on the call back home <laughs> or what. But uh, weird stuff, I guess, from Scal. So that was it. We we love our announcer talk here. So oh, yeah. wanted to bring that up. Yep, uh, that was that was talking announcers. So all right. <laughs> Uh, what do you got for us? Uh, what's going on? Uh, well, just to put a bow on all that again, Celtics, 128-122 win over the Pistons, 15-0 at home. Um, when tomorrow, uh, we got the Raptors coming into town. So are we, mm-hmm. that's home still too, right? That's not one of those ones where you go away right after. Okay. Right. We'll get into that at the end of the end of the show. But, uh, what do you have for us for around the NBA? So to start off, uh, we mentioned him earlier. Our good friend, who's loved and trusted by all, Marcus Smart, back in the lineup for the Memphis Grizzlies the other night. And uh, I don't know if you caught this game, Grizzlies-Pelicans, but it was just the full Marcus Smart (laughs) absolute experience on display. His first game playing with John Morant. They were down 14 going into the fourth quarter. And uh, winning play after winning play after winning play after winning play. He ended up with, uh, I think he had 13 points in in the fourth quarter in overtime. He had five steals. He uh he stole the ball in crunch time on an inbounds pass, got fouled, stole the ball, then in overtime and and one took a absolutely outrageous charge on a full speed ahead with a head of steam Zion game clinching yeah, charge. Like it's just everything. Death I mean, wish. go back and watch. It's all two minute highlights of him making That's like so much fucking gumbo flying at you. Every everything that Marcus Smart is, he did. Um, he's Was doing he the full yes. No, in New Orleans too. Oh yeah, so he's fresh off his. uh, Yeah, he's fresh off his. It was awesome. Made the Grizzlies four and zero with Job within four and a half in the play. It was just awesome to see how fired up they were. Um, And again, it's so good to see for for me going on Twitter and seeing all the Grizzlies fans finally getting the taste of like the Marcus Smart experience when the team is actually good and winning. Um, Saw so many fun tweets from all the great Grizzlies people I follow. Uh, Chris Vernon, obviously, is huge Grizzlies guys. He had some hilarious tweets. Molly Morrison, who's a great, had a tweet saying something like, uh, now, I finally understand why Celtics fans acted like the world was ending when they traded Marcus <laughs> Smart. Like, so just happy that it seems like he has started to find a home and that he's playing meaningful games again. Because, I mean, that was the saddest part was seeing him playing, like, yeah, yeah, for a team that was just so shitty. So, you know, the Grizzlies, obviously, my second favorite team, my Western team. So good to see them fighting back and to see them with another win like that, having some attitude. Also a funny moment, I don't know if you caught on um, the game clinching play. Smart, they were trying to foul and Smart threw it up, alley-ooped it to Ja for, like, the dagger to clinch the game. And uh, Ja did the celebration that's like the New Orleans dance that the LSU team keeps doing. And um, obviously you get, like, the curmudgeon old journalist looking at the dance. I don't know. Do you know the one I'm talking about? I, I do. Know if you well, saw the yeah, I, I, I did see so, it, and I didn't I, – I learned that it was, like, a New Orleans – I was – I yeah, didn't really react so, to the way because I could care less. Um, right, but, well, yeah, same. But, but I do, see people out there being like, oh, he's doing, like, a bazooka motion. Or, it's just like, all right, let's, like, just relax. I mean, I feel second. like he was probably doing that dance, but he also probably knew what he was doing there. I mean, who knows, but it's, like, like either way. It's just like, who cares? But, like, I, that's what I say, too. Like, I don't really care. Like, I don't know why – he can't like ever mention like a gun again. Like it's I don't know. I'm He's assuming that none fun. of those guns that he had in the videos were like illegally owned firearms. I'm assuming he has a permit to carry a gun if you even fucking need one in Memphis. No idea, but, but it's, just, way, it's just I don't know. I'm just kind of sick of the whole funny moment. And I, that yeah, was I'm, funny, and I did love the reaction from people. Yeah, exactly. At this point, I'm almost embracing like. A, Let's I hope just let he keeps the Grizzlies it going, be yeah. villains. Yeah, like just be villains and just go out and just be like an F you attitude to everyone. And I hope they go out there. Like I said, I would love to see them. Did you see his dad school. dancing courtside, though? That was a really weird oh, video. Yeah. That was just, that's, that was weird. That's just vintage. That looked like one of those he, videos of like, that was like, that reminded me of like those videos that they show people that just like, just like, what's that stuff that you smoked, like turns into like a zombie? Just like smoked like Kratom oh, or whatever God. the fuck. Like, Kratom? That was like that was like one of those videos. Like like if if someone just like photoshopped that onto like like uh like San Francisco or like Portland Oregon like street I would literally like, I would literally be walking like, around wow like I like this is yeah I've seen this before, um but yeah like that was that was bizarre that's funny yeah definitely funny but um like I said just uh loving it for the Grizzlies I think we'd both love to see them battle their way back get into the play in and make life miserable for. So many of those other Western teams that we despise, you know, the yeah. Lake, Lakers, the whatever, the all right. stupid Suns, Clippers, Pelicans, whatever. What else you got uh, for us? All right. Um, beyond that, the latest 
star, quote-unquote, to have trade rumors out there. DeJounte Murray, the Hawks season has obviously been a disaster. Him and Trey Young never really fit together. Um, go Obviously, we got the usual suspects, Lakers, Knicks, rumored to get DeJounte Murray. I don't know how you feel about DeJounte Murray. I think he's a fine player, but like, I don't think he's a star. I don't think he's probably no. worth the contract. And moreover, I just what's his contract, fits. or is he due for an extension or something? They just extended him to four years, one hundred twenty million. So I mean, not totally not unreasonable with today's salary cap, but I just don't think he's that. I, I don't know. Acting like that's bringing in like a third star that's going to save the Lakers again. A guy that who is, I just don't. I do think it's very. It, it's like the. I would love for the Lakers to do that. To... Exactly. <laughs> Any of these teams, it's like the Lakers, Philly, the Knicks, other teams are rumored, and all of them. I just think they. He wouldn't help. Them. He doesn't fit. He'd be over ta- uh, under-tasked, like, he wouldn't be able to play the role that he needs to play to succeed, and they try to kind of force him into this mix, and, um, again, I mean, more power to them if they want to get him, like, he's obviously a talented player, he's fine, I don't think it's, like, a terrible contract, but I just don't think he is, like, what teams are selling themselves that he is. I don't think he's the guy to go in and fix these teams. Yeah. Um, I think it would be a mistake for any of those guys to pay Yeah, up no, to I don't Bogan. really think that he's, I mean, he's a good, it'd be a good player piece, I think, but... For teams to, yeah. to think that that's the big thing, I'm not sold. But again, yeah. I would love for any of our rivals to, to overpay for them. Exactly. So um, we'll see. We'll see if that's, you know, just typical Lakers, Knicks propaganda media. Or if that's something real. But um, it's another name. Every name that comes out, obviously, going to be rumored for those guys. So that was funny. Um, another funny storyline we saw, obviously, we talked about on the last pod, the Durant rumors that he's frustrated with his supporting cast and with the way the team's going um, and that he's, you know, wants out if things don't change, blah, 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 whatever. Obviously, the, like, classic KD, the game immediately after that, he goes out, has a triple-double, sets his career high for assists with this supporting cast that he's so frustrated in. Like, KD is just easily the most online superstar ever. And yeah. this is just so on brand for him to go out there and just, like, I feel like it's he actually, like, thinks about this stuff and is like, oh, like, they're saying I don't like my supporting cast. I'm going to go out and get 17 assists just to prove that like, that's bullshit. So, uh, classic KD, just hilarious performance all around. He's obviously still a great player, but um, always funny to see that kind of shit. Another, um, it's kind of off the court, but the Mavs sale, now official with Mark Cuban selling, I think it's 73%, obviously a majority stake of the Mavericks. Uh, just very interesting to me. Again, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of rumors out there. Some people are saying. Oh wait, I want to some... say before we had it. Before I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt. I was look, I was trying to find the tweet about Durant, but I did see a tweet that was um, we're pausing all Kevin Durant slander because he he put the number six patch back on his jersey last night. I don't think like the whole league's not wearing him this year or something like that. But Durant had it on his jersey last night. Bro. Obviously, after um, Haslam's. Stupid <laughs> comments, which I saw you mix it up for the Chuddy Corner account with some people. On. Yeah, people weren't too happy with that. <laughs> no, uh, no. I was. But, I didn't even have that on my list. But real quick, just to point out, Udonis Haslam. What a fuck. Fuck idiot. that guy. Yeah, I don't and even, a loser. He's doing it for clicks and engagement. He's not even worthy of our mention. But for him to go out there and act like the Heat shouldn't have Bill Russell's jersey retired because he's a Celtic, and that saying that all oh, the Celtics wouldn't have a Heat banner hanging or whatever. Like, dude, fuck you. Bill, he's not in there because he was a good player. He's in there because he changed the entire league, the entire civil rights movement, in this entire country. Udonis Haslam wouldn't even be able to play in the NBA if it wasn't for guys like Bill Russell. For him to just laugh at him and shit on him like that, like, what a fucking idiot. Yeah, and I don't even uh, mind the, like... People tweeting, I don't even mind the, like, point him... Too. It'd be like him going, you know, in baseball, being like, hey, do you believe the Marlins have uh, Jackie Robinson's Dodger number retired? Like, fuck the yeah. Dodgers, like... It's yeah, like, dude, but the thing is, be like, more fucking clueless. I can like, I I don't mind the like, um, like just being fired up before a game and saying like, "Fuck Bill Russell to get people." Like, I what I wouldn't game? say it, but it's just Does like, but I wouldn't tell that story. Like, I, the fact they're telling the story laughing is just so stupid. He looks like um, such an ass. Yeah, no, he he's an idiot, and it also would make a lot more sense if he didn't play for a team that also had Michael Jordan and Dan Marino's number retired in the Raptors. They have yes. fucking Dan Marino's number. When I heard again, that, I had to like look that up myself. I don't even. It, I, and again, it's not like it's a Heat thing. Like every team has Bill Russell's number. Up yeah. There, right. Like it's not like it's just the Heat being like we've got to honor this guy. And again, yeah. But those other two are just the Heat. Because, no other team not has him the NBA of his has basketball accomplishments. Dan they're honoring Marino, him fucking. because of everything he did for the NBA yeah. as a whole, yeah. for black people, for the civil rights, for the country. Like again, it'd be like guys shitting on Jackie Robinson because he didn't play for the. 
fucking Marlins. I mean, like, I, we shouldn't have this guy's number. Like, he just sounds yeah. so fucking out of touch with yeah, everything that's he's happening. He's an idiot. That, we've already spent too much time talking about We him. have, but in that same interview, he said that uh, he hates the old Celtics and that he hopes he runs into uh, oh, Pierce yeah. and Garnett and he says he will fight them in a 7-Eleven. They're like, <laughs> just the stupidest shit ever. Again, Pierce, the guy who got stabbed 11 fucking times, came back and played. You think he's scared of Udonis Haslam? Give me a fucking break. I saw um, one of my good buddies on Twitter, at Steve Merkel, Fraser Ramon, props to him, dug up a story from 2000, back when Haslam actually played. Um, it was on the heat, and Haslam was obsessed with Subway, and there's a whole article where he can basically uh, speaks of his admiration yeah. Jared Fogle from Subway. <laughs> he compared himself to yeah. Jared from Subway. Which, that was uh, a great find. I did see that. Aged so well. So props to Haslam for being a fucking dickhead. Anyway, moving on from him, because he Bye. sucks. Um, but back to, again, the Mavericks. Mark Cuban selling his shares in the team. Just very weird. The timing seems weird. Some people have mentioned that he might want to, because he wants to run for president. Some people have speculated that it's because he's now cash poor, because he lost all his money in crypto and NFTs and shit like that. Um, some people have mentioned that it's because he wants to open up a casino, and he needs these uh, Adelson people or whatever to help him, and he needs the cash or whatever. Some people have said that he's just like, poor and has mismanaged his money and that's why he's not like on shark tank and he's doing this to save face because he needs the money um wow i didn't even i didn't know anything about some that. people that are saying like i guess that he wants to open some like huge casino business and his politics don't mesh with like the conservative government in texas and that they are like against him so if he's not the face of the team like other people can help him get it through if he's not the main guy pushing for it so there's a lot of different stories out there very weird story but it just does seem like weird timing or one of the most like outspoken front and center owners is seemingly just like pulling away at a time where, you know, like it's seemingly the NBA is thriving and all prices are just going up and up and up and teams are worth more every day. Like, yeah. And it wasn't like, like it wasn't even like a, he's considering it just was like, he's selling the team. There wasn't even like, right. a, there was no smoke before the fire. Right. And also to make it weirder, like the story coming out that he said, like he is retaining control of basketball operations, but he doesn't have final set. Yeah. So it's like one of those funny things to me where it's like, okay, well, that sounds like. Well, that's kind of like any GM, no? Like every well, GM yeah, is exactly, kind of like. But he's not a GM, he's the owner. So it's like, you well, don't yeah. have final. If you don't have final say, you don't have full control. <laughs> like, you have yeah. full control until your boss disagrees with you. So again, now mm -hmm. he's basically just a rich GM. Like, it's very odd. It seems like there's more to this story. I don't know if something else is that another shoe is going to drop. More is going to come out. I don't know. I didn't know if you had like a hot take or you had some speculation that you thought was behind this. It I, like I you, heard you don't the, really the, the the running for president thing. I had heard, um, which I don't. I don't buy that. I think I don't that's know the if I yeah. I could. I mean, I could see maybe some, but the I think the most intriguing one that you mentioned is maybe like the crypto thing because he was like <laughs> all all about crypto and he does <laughs> he does sort of seem like one of those guys that's like. And like I'm a cube, I like I like the cubes. I don't um, dislike him, but he, he does seem like one of those guys who it's like thinks they're like this super crazy wicked smart investor because they made like yeah. one really good investment and it got super rich off of it. Um, yeah, like I don't know. I feel like there's this right. kind of a couple. There's like there's kind of like this. You know, a lot of some of these like younger billionaires where it's just like they made like one or two good investments and it's like like oh they're just like so smart so every bit but it's like. Eh, they just had like a really good idea. Like he just had like a, it was just a dot com boom, right? He just made a ton yeah. of money off the internet. Like so, like yeah. well, and it, it seemed like when he like twenty he, years he ago knew he knew the internet the would young... be huge. Like that's not the, it's not like the craziest. Like, right. That's not like the most like foresight. Wow, who could have guessed that the internet would be like a profitable yeah. venture? Um, right. And he was like the young, hip, rich owner, and now it seems like all the other owners are way richer. Like at least compared to other owners, he's like relatively poor seemingly and it just yeah. seems like everything has kind of turned and but I yeah know, i mean he'll just... make a good amount of money off the sale at least but... oh well yeah. but yeah i didn't even think about that like could be a cash poor type situation i don't know like i said something to monitor because it happened so fast something sketchy right and seemingly out of nowhere like there was no yeah. it's not like this has been brewing for a while or there was smoke behind this so interesting to follow i think like i said they're, they're probably another shooter drop at some point i don't know what but maybe we'll see. sexually harass someone that certainly could be. But I mean, probably did... not. I'm not saying he did that. <laughs> well, they did have the scandal where the, and there was sexual organization, uh, sexual assault within the organization under his watch a few years ago. So uh, they have had some issues. So who knows? Don't think that's impossible. Yeah. Um, another story, though, on the court, Mikhail Bridges, NBA Ironman in the modern day, 
and a long active games played streak was seeming like it was going to be snapped last night on the second night of a back-to-back as they played the Bucks. Seemed like the Nets wanted to sit everyone. Bridges obviously didn't want his streak to end. This led to Bridges playing the first quarter and then sitting the rest of the game in what was a competitive game. They clearly needed him. Streak's so they clearly over. just put him out there to extend the streak and then set him up. Um, streak's over. So, we, I mean, it's essentially over. It technically will continue, but like, this is kind of shitty. Um, and I mean, people were pissed about it. Betters were pissed about it. Fans were pissed about it. Uh, this sucks. And I mean, again, it, it sucks for Bridges because I'm, I'm sure he doesn't want to sit. You know, I'm sure it's not him saying this, so I don't know where this decision comes down. See, I don't know, but out. I just feel like then I don't know. He could have been in the game then. I don't know. He played. You think the right. coach? You think the coach was like? I'll I don't think it's play. the coaches. I think it's um, the front office that kind of makes these decisions. Well, like, what, like what would they have done if he came out and played in the second quarter? Like, fired the coach, <laughs> cut the guy. Like, maybe <laughs> I don't know. Come on, he could. I don't know. Streak's over. That streak's yeah, done. Well. I mean, it'll last. It's going to go, like, on paper to keep going and whatever. But, I mean, again, it's just Real, like... If you know ball, you know it's over. And it's a disappointing situation. Again, I mean, the Nets, they're like a round 500 team. They're battling for their playoff lives. They're playing at home against a Bucks team. It's a close game. And they're sitting their top four players. Like, that just sucks for the league, for everyone. Nobody wants to see that. So, just shitty situation. And the streak just makes it more of a story than it even needed to be. Yeah. So, hate to see that kind of shit. Um, and then the only other thing I had was Derek White, all-star buzz. J.J. Redick leading the charge, our boy, J.J. Redick, tweeting yeah. out Derek White is an all-star, going on his podcast, laying down every advanced stat, uh, just absolutely demolishing all the box score boys, all the haters out there. Um, yeah. The ball don't Formal invite for J.J. Redick to join the pod. Ally. Come to Ally. <laughs> Come to <laughs> That's good. I don't... I would love it. I don't think it's going to happen. I just think there's so many other, like, big-name guards. So... Unless the Celtics fans just, like, absolutely bombard. No. It won't be that. It'll be if the coaches and the players vote him in as, like, the last guy on the roster. Yeah. I think is, is a better chance. Maybe, I think yeah. The coaches, the coaches, I think, will appreciate it. I think the players will appreciate it. But like you said, how do you equate these guys, the Trey Young, Brunson, Halliburton, these guys who just put up huge numbers on losing teams, don't play defense... Historically, I think he has not a great chance. But again, if the Celtics I go into the All Star break, by far the best record, and they're you know forty and seven or something absurd like that. I mean, we've seen years ago. Remember that Atlanta Hawks team who had the best record, and they got Jeff Teague, Kyle Korver, Millsap, Horford. They had four All Stars. So worse players and more role players than Derek White have made the All Star game. If you look at his advanced stats, they're absolutely through the roof. And pretty much every like stat you pull up of his advanced stats he's on lists where it's just like jordan bird lebron like all time all time yeah. greats so what he's I doing mean, I'm not, it yeah, can't I be measured in know. conventional counting stats i know i know you and i obviously we know the value of dark white we agree he probably has a long shot to actually make the all-star game but i think he's the point is he's worthy and people he's worthy. appreciate yeah. it yeah do you i saw someone else that was saying though that They'd be fine with it because then uh, they could fire up the Tatum's doing all this without with with no all stars but him on the roster. You can fire up that take that propaganda. But I don't know. No. You don't think Porzingis? The Celtics, is Porzingis the not played enough? The Celtics are getting a second all star, one hundred percent. Jalen or Porzingis? Who do you think is more They're... likely? I could honestly see both, and that's kind of the thing. That's maybe the thing that makes it the most uphill battle for right. White is that his other teammates let's say, are let's, more prominent, have better stats. Let's save that for another slower episode exactly. where we got less to we gotta fill more time. We'll definitely do a full episode where we both unveil our own all star teams. But um <laughs> the Celtics will definitely have at least two all stars. I think White has an uphill battle, but again, to no fault of his own. Yeah. Um all right. That was around the NBA. Uh next up. We have the Raptors. Give us a little, give us real quick. I'm gonna keep you on the clock on this one. Real quick takeaway uh, preview for the Raptors. I mean, another team that's really struggling. Toronto Raptors. They haven't been able to get it together. The hardest thing for now is probably the quick turnaround after exerting all that energy, all that emotion, all that to fight through adversity, win tonight's game to turn around and try to get fired up for another 
quote-unquote shitty team tomorrow night. <laughs> Scotty Barnes has been their star. He's turned the corner and has been easily their biggest bright spot. He looks like he's an actual budding superstar. Uh, so Scotty Barnes will be the guy to control. OG Ananobi having another really nice year. We have obviously seen what Pascal Siakam can do in the past. But again, if we are focused, come to play... We should have no problem winning this game, I'm sure. At least one of Porzingis or Al will be out. I don't know if they're both going to sit out. I don't know if Jalen's going to be back. So we could be significantly shorthanded. Um, again, it's going to take effort. This is a classic trap game, especially after the way tonight's game went. So uh, we'll see kind of how we come out. Um, if we can bring that energy, bring that focus. Nice uh, Friday night crowd in the garden. Hopefully that'll help kind of lift us and uh, get us over the hump against a team that on paper we should certainly be able to beat. All right. Celtics 132, Raptors 118. That's what I'm calling it. I'm into it. Throw that in, I'm going to throw that in the Chuddy Bar parlay. That exact <laughs> score parlay. Exact score. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, thank you for listening. Again, if you're listening on any podcast service and you haven't subscribed, make sure you're going in there to subscribe. Follow the show page at Chuddy's Corner on Twitter. Follow me at Doug underscore outs. Follow him at King Chuddy. Um, and we will see you all tomorrow, back-to-back. Uh, Celtics win 128-122. Pistons streak lives on, but they earned a lot of un- uh, undying respect from uh, from Celtics fans, I think, tonight. So, with that being said, we'll see you all tomorrow. Take care, Chud. Peace out, Chuddy Eds.